chapter number 12. Acts chapter number 12. We've been here to Loomis Park on, on several different occasions for hymn sings, for uh, some revival meetings. The Tharps were here. And, uh, and we've just always enjoyed being here, always just a very sweet presence, a sweet, sweet spirit at Loomis Park Baptist Church, and that's exciting. And, and, and people know about this church all over the place, and, uh, just, and it's not because of, of you in the sense of your flesh, uh, but in the sense of God's presence on this place. And uh, so to have the opportunity to preach here tonight, uh, I told your pastor I was very, very thankful, and it really is truly an honor uh, I believe it's an honor anytime I have the opportunity to preach, whether it's on the street corner uh, or behind a, uh, a portable pulpit, because that's, that's all a church has. Um, and so there's, I don't think there's a difference between a big church and a little church in that sense. Uh, but when the, when the power of God is on a place, there is something exciting about preaching uh, behind that sacred desk. Amen. And so I count it a privilege tonight uh, to be here, and I certainly just want to be a blessing to you and, and just hope I can encourage you tonight. Acts chapter number 12 and verse number 4. We'll start with verse number 4. I don't know what your custom is, but I'm going to ask you and give you an opportunity to stretch your legs for just a moment. Have you stand with me. Let's honor the word of God together as I read a few verses before I pray. Acts chapter number 12 and verse number 4. The Bible says, And when he had apprehended him, he put him in, a pr in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing. Uh, of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came unto him, um, upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise, up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands." And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw vision. When they were past the first and second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a, sur of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and had delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Let's Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for the great privilege of gathering and having the opportunity to pray, having the opportunity to, to lift up our praise and worship uh, as we sing uh, the, the, the glories of the Lord. We thank you so much for the time of fellowship and the opportunity we have to edify. We just don't know what others are going through. And a simple handshake and a smile and a, or, or maybe a hug around the neck and just means so much in the middle of the week uh, once we've been beat on upon this, by this world for uh, just a few days. And so thank you, God, for these midweek services. And thank you for this dear preacher. And uh, Lord, would you continue to ask a blessing upon his wife and upon his family and upon this church family. We, we just pray, God, that that presence, uh, that unmistakable presence of God that uh, the church will, will, will consider this Sunday would be seen in this place. We pray that that unmistakable presence of God would be seen uh, back home in Kalamazoo, Michigan at Green Meadow and also down 
there at Grace Baptist Church at Gladewater, Texas, and, and many of these brothers and sisters in Christ all around this country that are still standing for the truth, I beg you, dear God, that you'd just, just spark a revival amongst your people uh, in this day. Allow us to see a great awakening in this country. Uh, Lord, one more before you bring us home. And Father, I pray that you'd help me to be a blessing to these dear people today. I cannot do it without you. I need you to help me. I simply want to be a mouthpiece to deliver a message. I believe that you'd have your people to hear tonight. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you all so much for standing. I was praying and I was searching uh, the scriptures of what uh, I ought to preach tonight and try to be a blessing. I had kind of another thought in mind. I love how the Lord always does that to me, it seems like. Uh, I get an idea first, and the Lord almost almost always, at least every other, says, now I got another one for you. And uh, I was reminded about this passage of scriptures that was in my devotions not too long ago. And uh, Peter was a saved man. We know that. I believe that with all my heart. He was a saved man. Uh, and uh, he, was, he was put into prison because Herod, the politician, recognized the pleasure uh, that it brought the Jews uh, to kill James. And so in order to increase his favor, just like a typical politician, uh, he placed Peter in a maximum security prison with the intention to kill him uh, as well as, as, uh, as well, just like James uh, after the holy day was uh, concluded. And so the primary application of this passage of scripture uh, would be outlined such as persecution, prayer, power, uh, presentation, progress, just a simple, I think, just a, the, the actual primary application outline of this passage of scripture, we could see it uh, such as that. But the Lord gave me a different type in my personal study, my own devotions the other day, and something stood out to me that I had not really seen it like this before. And although Peter was a saved man, and uh, certainly I believe that, that he was a, 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 a resemblance or a type of a, a, of a believer going through the persecution of the Christian life, I believe his imprisonment, without doing injustice to the Holy Scriptures, could be an illustration uh, of the condition of the lost all around the world that are bound in sin's prison. The truth is, there is a multitude of lost and bound souls in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and there is a multitude of lost and bound souls in Gladewater, Texas, and there is a multitude of lost and bound souls in Jackson, Michigan, and honestly, I could continue to name cities and states and countries uh, all around this world today and run out our time just mentioning some places and not skim the surface of a world that is filled with lost souls. Everywhere we go, there are multitudes that are bound in their sin and they are in desperate need of a Savior. There is no human habitation in this world that has a shortage of lost souls. The Great Commission is great, I believe, because of its size. I believe it's great because of the salvation that it so wonderfully offers to those that would receive Christ as their Savior. But I also believe it's great because of its difficulty to reach all that are lost without Christ. But we can reach some. Amen. We can do our part in the area that God has called us to be in, and we can certainly do our. That's so exciting, <laughs> Pastor Zwasi. So excited to hear the missions report. Uh, we've just had missions conference back at Green Meadow, and uh, we just had a, a, just a, a thrill to look back over the year to see the missionaries that were brought on. We're a little smaller church than Loomis Park, uh, but just a, in, in ratio, very similar to how God has blessed us as well uh, through the missions program. And, and every year, with since we introduced Faith Promise Missions uh, with Brother Jesse. 
probably nine years ago, I guess it was. Every year we've grown and we've grown and we've grown in any area of missions. And the reason is, is because we love the lost souls in Kalamazoo, but we understand that the lost souls are everywhere and we got to just do anything we possibly can uh, to get them to Jesus. Amen. Uh, we can reach some. Listen, I know you all understand that because of the testimony of you being a soul winning, mission minded church. Amen. You've, you've invited my family to come and to present the work that the Lord is, is moving us to uh, because as a church, you've recognized the responsibility that we all have as local churches uh, to be the vehicles that get the gospel to the lost and dying all around the world. We understand that missions is not reserved to outside of the borders of this country. And in fact, that is a, there's, a, there's a great mission field, really, right here in our country. One question I asked myself as I prayed for the Lord's will to be done in regards to our move was, what about the saturation of Baptist churches in the South? I mean, because they're everywhere. The truth is, many, uh, many churches bear the name Baptist in the Gladewater area and the surrounding communities and the surrounding towns there, which, by the way, I didn't say this in the introduction here, but Gladewater's about 65 to 7,200 people, uh, but within a 30-minute drive, there's over 250,000 people. Longview's there, nearly 100,000, and then there's several uh, little communities within about 15, 10, 15-minute drive around the Gladewater area that all are, are around that uh, five to eight, 9,000 uh, uh, people mark. And so there's a uh, little over 200,000, uh, some estimates up to 250 within a 30 minute drive of where we're at. But, but there's a Baptist church on every corner and about three Baptists per street, Baptist churches per street. And so in our area, there's Baptist churches every, everywhere you go. And so I asked myself, is that, is it, is it, what about the saturation? Is it, is it, is it, is it too saturated? And uh, I believe they, they do need a church like Grace Baptist to be revived. And I believe it is because uh, even though the Baptist distinctives are the spirit, I believe the scriptural blueprint for the New Testament local church, just because you have Baptists on the name does not mean that the message has not been watered down. There's a great need for a church like Grace Baptist Church to be revived, to be stirred back up, to be used once again by God, because within a 30-minute drive of, of our church, there is only a, a few, and, and this is just a little bit of research I've done, uh, I believe three in addition to ours of like faith, and even some of them have begun to compromise to draw a crowd. So if the Bible is preached undiluted and unwatered down, it offers a message of freedom that is desperately needed in our day. Amen. God's, God's word offers a message of freedom from sin's penalty and sin's power. And praise God, someday sin's presence. And if the message of sin and the, and the eternal consequences that come along with it, the, the consequences for dying in that sin, if that message is watered down, then many will remain living a defeated life only to spend eternity separated from God in that place called hell. I believe there's still a great attraction to freedom. I believe that those uh, who, are, who are lost and are, are genuinely searching, I believe they're still drawn to the light of a changed life. By God's amazing grace and for his glory, I'd like, to, I'd like for us to consider an illustration in this passage of Scripture that testifies of the access that we have to God's freedom-giving powers. I preach on this thought for just a little bit. I'm free, free, 
free. First thing we see here in verses, uh, verse uh, number uh, five here uh, in verse number four and verse number five is we see the prayer for the detained. And the Bible says that when he had apprehended him, he put him in, the, in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth uh, to the people. Uh, Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Now, I, I, I'm going to ask that you'd forgive me. I'm going to preach fast. I want to make sure we get every last drip of outline out of this message tonight and, and, and also I want to be obedient to the preacher's request at 725 and so you, you all just listen fast while I preach fast. Are you all right with that? Praise the Lord. Uh, in, the, in the same verse uh, that declares Peter's detention, we find God's people, what were they doing? They were praying. Again, I understand that this was for Peter, and certainly we should be praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ that have stumbled along the way, or maybe are suffering persecution for their faith in Christ. Oh, but what a powerful reminder we have to pray for the detained. Amen. To pray for the detained all around this world, the detained amongst our missionaries, the detained amongst our local churches. Amen. Hey, let me remind you that Herod's intention for Peter, it wasn't just a life sentence with three meals and a cot. Amen. Uh, according to the first few verses there, Herod have, had every intention. Now, the Bible doesn't spell it out clearly, but I believe it's a very safe assumption that Herod had every intention to kill him just like he did James because it made the Jews happy. Listen, it, 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 it might not, like I said, it might not spell it out, but I believe that is what his intentions were for Peter. Listen, those that are bound today in sin's prison, they suffer a much more horrific fate. For Peter would have died, but then he would have been in the presence of the Lord. Hey, listen, those that are still lost all around this world today, they're heading for an eternity of torment and separation as payment for their sins. Look, just as those concerned church folk prayed for the detained in that day. Oh, we're offered this wonderful example, uh, and we're presented, a, I believe, a, a great, uh, terrific challenge to be actively and corporately praying for those that are detained in our day. May I remind you, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 4, there are still many that have been blinded. They've, been, they've continued to be blinded. The, the God of this world, has, he's blinded the minds. He, he's blinded them from the light of justification. He wants to keep the lost lost. He wants to keep the saved useless. There are many, there are multitudes in the world, and I, listen, I mean billions. Some have even, I believe, attended this church and this community that are still blind to their spiritual condition and they're still lost in their sin. Hey, listen, we need to pray for the Spirit's conviction. We need to pray for the heart's concession. We need to pray for the humbled's conversion. Amen? Uh, we, we need to pray for those that are detained. I hope that you pray for the detained. Moving on to verses 6 through 11 of our text, we see the presentation of the door. The Bible says, And when Herod would have brought, forth, brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers uh, before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and, and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands, and the angel said unto, unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he said unto him, unto them, unto him, cast thy garment about thee and follow me. 
And he went out and followed him. It was not that it was true, uh, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. When they were past the first and second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth uh, unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street. And forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter had, was, was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and had delivered me out of the hand of Herod. And from all expectation of the people of the Jews. Listen, there's a whole lot to unpack in these precious verses of God's uh, word and there's no way we can exhaust all the blessings uh, that, that lie here in these few verses. Oh, but just for a, uh, just give me a, let me, let me give you just a few thoughts uh, that stood out to me as I looked at these verses. I, I, first thing that stood out to me was the depths of the detention. The depths of the detention. Listen, there was no getting out on his own. Amen. He was locked up tight. Amen. And the key had been maybe thrown away. Listen, these soldiers, they didn't just get fired if they let Peter go or he hung himself. Amen. These four quaternion of soldiers, it meant that at every watch of the night, there was at least four soldiers watching him. Two, one on each side of him, two minding the door. Amen. There was no way for him to get out. They would pay for their dereliction of duty with their life. And so those four soldiers per shift were not sleeping, and they certainly were not willing to let Peter go easily. Romans chapter 6, verse 23, and, and John chapter 3, verse 18, just a couple of verses that highlight uh, the, the depths of the detention of those that are lost and dying today. Uh, we, we see the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. Amen. The, the Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 18, says, condemned already. Those who are unbelievers, those who are yet to accept Christ as Savior, uh, they're condemned to death. They're condemned already. Hey, listen, the consequences of, the, of their sin, uh, they're deep. And, and look, can I tell you, they're determined. There is no way out. There's no amount of righteousness. There's no amount of good deeds. There's no amount of turning over a new leaf. There's no amount of money. There's no indulgences that can be bought. Amen. And there's, listen, Loomis Park is a wonderful church, but the church ain't going to get you born again. I don't know how clean your water is, but that water filtered a hundred times still ain't going to get you born again. It is only through Jesus Christ. It is through Jesus Christ alone. And listen, let me just tell you the consequences of sin are deep and they're determined. You shout like this, brother. I don't want. I'm hopeful, hopefully, I'm not making anybody mad tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, everybody got quiet there for a minute. I got. I, I figured I better catch. There we go. I appreciate that. Amen. Praise the Lord. We see not only the not not only the depths of the of the detainment. We also see the declaration of the delivery there in verse number seven. Listen, in this story, we have a literal celestial being who is identified as the angel of the Lord. Now, listen, I'm not trying to minimize this awe-inspiring supernatural event that took place in the life of Peter. But think about this: that word "angel" means what? Messenger. Amen. Listen, in, in the angel, I believe we see a type of messenger. And God's message to Peter was for him to be smacked awake uh, so that he could see that his chains had fallen off. Amen. We have a similar message. Oh, we have a similar message to deliver today. Now, please don't smack the lost. Please don't, that's not, don't misunderstand the preaching tonight. I'm not saying we ought to go out and smack some folks around, uh, but maybe something similar. Amen. Listen, we need to get their attention. We need to let them know that there is freedom from the shackles of their sin. I love that, that, old, that old hymn, uh, Amazing Love. The fourth, uh, fourth verse of that says, uh, uh, and I'm not going to sing it, I promise. Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening array. I woke, the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off. 
Woo! My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. My chains fell off. My heart was free. Hey, but praise God. As I certainly believe that this, this, this passage of Scripture clearly inspired uh, this song. Amen. Listen, there, there is freedom from sin. The lost don't have to be bound. My sin, I, I know, I, I'm sure Jackson is similar to Kalamazoo. And I'm sure I find out that Kalamazoo is similar to Gladewater. Everywhere you look, you find people that are detained by the drugs and by the alcohol and by the wickedness and by the, the poverty and by just all the, the filth that comes along with sin and the depths of the depravity. It's sad. It's, it, 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 it's, it's heart-wrenching. When you drive through Kalamazoo and you find people are starting to call Kalamazoo Mini-L.A., and maybe they got that same nickname for Jackson, I don't know. But everywhere we go, they're bound in sin. They're bound by the wickedness. Hey, listen, the saved don't have to be bound by sin. The, the, or the lost don't have to be bound by sin. The saved don't have to be overcome by sin's power. And praise His name, we will not always dwell in sin's presence. That's a message that must be declared. We see that not only the, not only the declaration of the delivery, but we also see the dawning of the duds. You get to know me very long. I, I, search, I search far and wide for, for the right words, amen. I never, never, Brother Zwatsky, use the word duds in an actual sentence with a human being one-on-one. -on -one. But in a preaching message, buddy, all is fair as long as it's a clean English word, amen. Dawning of the duds. Now listen, the angel, the angel said, get up and get dressed. Praise God. Hey, listen, that's the same message that is offered to the lost today. Hey, get up and get out of those grave clothes. Hallelujah. I love the story of, uh, of Lazarus there in John chapter number 11. I love how, the, how, how Jesus uh, calls it, Lazarus to come forth. Uh, and then he says unto him in the last part of uh, verse number 44, Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Hey, he was bound up in those grave clothes. He didn't have to walk around smelling like death and stinking like, uh, like, like, uh, uh, like decay, praise God. And can I tell you, when, when somebody gets born again, God don't want us to be, have to walk around smelling like death and, and stinking like decay. We get to put on some new clothes. Reminds me of that story of that wedding, uh, that wedding attendant that wasn't dressed properly in Matthew chapter number 22, Amen. We see also the direction to the door in verses 9 and 10. The angel led him to the door. There were some uh, internal wards that had, to, had been opened up there, but there was only one way out. Amen. The exit, uh, the exit gate was big. It was heavy. It was made of iron. Hey, listen, the Bible, the Bible tells us that this iron door opened to them of his own accord. Did you catch that? Hey, listen, the Bible gave the door a personality. This, this, this was a, a great miracle that this great big iron door opened on his own accord, was given this personality. Oh, can I tell you, there's a greater miracle and there's a greater door. You probably already got ahead of me on this. Sometimes I telegraph my punches, amen? In John chapter number 10, verse 9, the Bible says, I am the door. Hey, listen, the door to forgiveness of sins is Jesus the door to everlasting life is Jesus. The door to, to, to freedom from sin's penalty is Jesus. Oh, praise God. The door to, uh, door to, free, the, the, the door to freedom of sin's power is Jesus. The door to freedom from sin's presence someday is Jesus. He, he too is a personality with a capital P, but not just any personality. Hallelujah. He is the only begotten of the Father. Amen. 
He's the one who left the splendors and the glories of heaven to come to earth with a predetermined purpose to die on that old rugged cross for your sin and for mine and for those all around this world today. When he said, it's when he said it was finished, that, that door to salvation, it swung wide open, allowing whosoever, praise God, whosoever to come in. Amen. I said that twice to make sure y'all ain't Calvinist. Amen. Listen, you don't, you don't just walk through the door in your own merit. Praise God. You are permitted to enter in by faith in Jesus as Savior. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. We also see the determination to the, to, depart, to the departure in verse number 10. Peter had to choose to go through the door. And after all that said and done, I mean, there was quite, there was quite a, a lot going for him to get up, get his sandals on, put on the new duds, amen, and get out that door. But at the end of the day, he had to obey. At the end of the day, he had to choose to walk through that door. He had to determine to go to the door. Listen, at the end of the day, we can pray for the lost. Amen. We can present them with the door, uh, but they must choose to, by faith, walk through it. Thirdly, in verses 12 through 15, this is where it gets faster, I promise. We see the potential for disbelief. Now, I'm not going to go through and read that, but we understand how the story goes here from verses 12 through 15. We see Peter gets out, right? He goes to, to, Rhoda, goes to, uh, to Rhoda's house there, starts knocking on the door, knocking on the gate. Amen. When they knock it on the gate, we were in Belize on a missions trip this last February, and they don't knock on, they don't knock on a door in Belize. You, hand, you stand outside the gate, and you either rattle the gate, or you holler, good morning, or good afternoon, or good evening. And uh, by, the end of the, by the end of the week, uh, because of the people we're hanging around, we all have a Hispanic accent at the end of the week. Uh, it's absolutely amazing how that all works out. But kind of reminded me of this, uh, as, as, as Peter's standing there, and he's knocking on the gate here, he's trying to get their attention, and Rhoda, hey, she doesn't even, she just, she, she, she knows it's him. She's excited that it's him. Amen. But, but she, she forgets to open the gate because she just can't wait to get and tell, uh, get in there and tell everybody what's going on. But the problem is they didn't believe it. You know how the story goes. They, they said, that ain't him. That must be just a spirit or something. There ain't no way he got out. Listen there. They couldn't believe that there was Peter. How in the world could he have gotten out of that stronghold? They knew about the four Cortonians of, of, of soldiers. Amen. They knew, they knew how hard it was. Hey, listen, sometimes that is the responsibility, the response when you and I are made free. Hey, man, you mean to tell me you got free from that? There ain't no way. Number four, number five, I'll give them to you quickly because we need to wrap up. You guys will just have to make, just make up your own notes for the last two points here. Amen. We see the proof of the delivery. Amen. Peter just kept on. Amen. He kept on in the freedom until they realized it was truly him. And listen, we, we, we can say that we've been made free all day, amen, until we're blue in the face, but there will always be those that are skeptic about what we proclaim. But if we just, if there's great potential, I believe, when our lips testifying lines up with our life's testimony, number five, we see the proclamation of the deliverance in verse number 17, last part of verse 17. And he said, go shew these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. Peter told him, told them to go and tell James and the brethren that he had, that he had been made free. Can you imagine how exciting that must have been? Listen, I know I'm telegraphing again, man, that's an exciting thing to go out and tell about the freedom that we enjoy in Jesus Christ. I have a similar testimony to your preachers. I mean, God, God saved me out of a life of wickedness. I mean, wickedness. And I'll tell you, after I got born again, I, I, I didn't get perfect or nothing. But I'll tell you, he gave me freedom. I don't want that garbage no more. I don't want that stuff. I don't, I don't need that stuff. I got everything I need in Jesus. Praise God. I, let, me, let me just close with this last verse here. Acts chapter number 12, verse 18, just towards the end of our passage of Scripture. 
It says, now as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers what was become of peace. Listen, I desire to cause a stir in our world today. Now, let, me say that, let me say that differently. I want to see a stir caused in our world today. When one who has been bound is made free, there is potential for some, some, quite a stir to be caused. I ask you today, are you still bound in sin's prison? I know it's a Wednesday night service. Vast majority of us, maybe, maybe all of us, born-again believers, that's okay. But maybe you're here, maybe you came in, maybe you're a visitor, I don't know you. And you're still bound in sin's prison. I know I shouted and hollered, and I promise I'm, a, I'm the nicest guy out of the pulpit, amen. And I wasn't shouting at you, I was shouting at sin. I don't like sin. I'm so thankful for the door of salvation. Have you walked through that door? Have you accepted Christ to be your personal Savior? Are you saved, but you're backslidden on God, bound by the cords of your sin? Maybe that's you. I don't, know. I don't know where you stand spiritually. I hope that you're praying for the lost. And I hope that you see the reality, the reality that their detention, of their detention, and the depths of that detention, realizing, hey, listen, you might be saved, but what about those that are without? Preacher, thank you again so much for letting me, letting me be here today. I hope I was a blessing at least a little bit to y'all. God bless you, brother. Thank you.